0: Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast where we dig into God's Word together and find life through Jesus Christ. My name is Ben Blakey. It's Tuesday, the 6th of October, 2020. One thing I really enjoy about this Bible reading program that we're doing is that every day we're reading from somewhere in the Psalms. And to kind of spread the Psalms out over the year, we don't read really big sections from the Psalms. And sometimes you'll see we'll spend almost a whole week in one Psalm coming up. Uh, We're going to do Psalm 119, which is broken into eight verse sections, and we're just going to take one of those sections every day. So it's going to take us 22 days to get through Psalm 119. But today we come to the shortest Psalm in the Bible, and that is Psalm 117, the shortest Psalm in the Bible, but don't judge a book by its cover and don't judge a Psalm by By its size. Just because it is the shortest psalm does not mean that it doesn't pack a major punch that we should pay attention to and that should affect our hearts today as we look to God's word together. Let me read the whole psalm. That's right, all two verses of it. Let me read it for us together. Psalm 117 says, Praise the Lord, all nations. Extol him, all peoples. For great is his steadfast love toward us, and the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. So, and then it ends praise the Lord. So clearly, it begins and ends with this call to praise the Lord. And in the middle, we see, well, why? It reminds us of yesterday the question we asked why? Why should we praise the Lord? And it gives really two things the greatness of his steadfast love toward us and his faithfulness that endures forever. And you think of that in a short song and maybe you think of songs that we have sung at our church and we sing songs at our church that are new being written recently. We love to sing hymns that are hundreds of years old. And even you think of the great hymns or the great choruses or praise songs that have been written whether contemporary or old whatever it may be we see these themes of steadfast love and faithfulness coming up again and again in these songs and there's reason for that those are some of the top reasons we should be praising the Lord because of his steadfast love towards us if you are a believer, you should be able to look at your life and see everywhere the effects of the undeserved love of God. If we are saved, that we don't deserve that. And it's not just saving love. It is steadfast love. Love that is steady. Love that is constant. Love that is there. Love that we experience every single day if our faith is in Christ. But also we read of his faithfulness. And here it highlights that his faithfulness endures forever. And that's important for us to think about, but it's kind of by definition. If something is faithful, it's not going to change. It should endure if it is faithful. But we need to remember the steadfast love and the faithfulness of God aren't just things that we should be able to look back at our lives and see all over the place. The steadfast love and the faithfulness of God are things we can expect in the future. And this is really important for us uh, because this really should shape the way that we think as Christians. Our lives should be dominated by awareness and worship for the steadfast love of God and His faithfulness. We should be looking backwards and praising God for how we see it everywhere. And we should be looking forwards. And instead of looking forwards in fear or anxiety, we should look forward and expect, you know what I'm going to experience the rest of this week? God's steadfast love and His faithfulness. I don't know what my circumstances are going to be, but I know what God is going to be like. Full of steadfast love and faithfulness. So I want you, even just as you pray today, to spend time praising God for his steadfast love and his faithfulness. Look back. How have you seen that in your life? Look forward. Are you genuinely expecting? I mean, In the year 2020, we're all kind of waiting for the next thing to go wrong, right? Um, what, you, what you should be waiting for is God's steadfast love and his faithfulness. Because even though, hey, the next thing might go wrong, God isn't going to change. God is going to be who he is great in his steadfast love toward us, and faithful forever to the end. And we need to expect those things because really our focus should be on the future. And that's what we're going to see in the next couple passages today. We're going to go back now to Hebrews chapter 11. And we, we talked uh, yesterday just about how fundamental this chapter really is and helping us understand why do we live the Christian life and understanding, well, because of faith, because we believe God and we believe he rewards those who seek him. And we also stressed that reward is not often instant. In fact, I'd say I mean, sometimes rarely just an instant reward. And ultimately, the reward that we're waiting for is something eternal. And today we read Hebrews chapter 11, verses 13 through 28. Uh, Hebrews eleven thirteen 13 through 28. And here we, we see at the beginning, it's talking about Abraham and, um, and Sarah and And it says, these all died in faith, not having received the things promised. (gasps) Wait, was God not faithful? Um, But no, it was. They explained, but having seen them and greeted them from afar, they knew the fulfillment of God's promises was ultimately something they would experience in the fullness of eternity. And having seen them and greeted them from afar and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth, they weren't living for this life. For people who speak thus make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If they had been thinking of that land from which they had gone out, they would have had opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country, that is, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. That's a really interesting concept. God not being ashamed of us, really, it's kind of a one way to put it on a more human level would almost be like God being proud of us. And if you have kids, you, you think of things they do, you're like, yes, that's my kid. Good job, right? Well, God feels that way about us when we make choices that show our priority is in heaven because we trust God's steadfast love and his faithfulness. And we believe that, we will, that he will keep his promises even when we don't experience um, all that that might entail in this life because our eyes are fixed on eternity. And when we live life that way, God looks at that and says, yeah, that's what I'm talking about Um, because it shows that faith in him. And and so we see that in Abraham and Sarah, how they left their homeland and they went, even though they didn't know where they were going because they trusted God. And we also see powerful testimony to the faithfulness of God and belief in his steadfast love. And what we see of Abraham here in verse 17, it talks about when he was tested with, with Isaac. And he was told to offer up Isaac as a sacrifice. And he goes and he prepares to do it. And it tells us even then that he considered that God was able even to raise Isaac from the dead, from which, figuratively speaking, he did receive him back. And so we see in that story that he believed that God was faithful. And he said, you know what? Even if I go through with this and sacrifice my son, guess what? God is still going to be faithful. He believed, hey, even if I go through with this, God's going to, He's going to figure it out. God's going to raise him from the dead if he has to, because God will keep his promises. And so that should motivate our life. That should motivate your obedience today. And we see that really with Moses, that he refuses um, the, the pleasures of sin that he could have enjoyed. You see that in verse 25, choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. And that's what should motivate your obedience today. You believe God's promises and you believe God's steadfast love and his faithfulness. And I'm going to choose that today, even though I might have to deny myself the fleeting pleasures of sin because I am looking to God. And ultimately, I'm looking to eternity. I'm not looking for pleasures right here, right now. I'm looking to pleasures forevermore at the right hand of God. So we see there our focus should be on the future, motivating our steps today by faith. Now, we also see some hints of the future as we read Isaiah 58 to 60 today. Believe it or not, we are almost done with the book of Isaiah, which I think is an underrated gem of the Old Testament. And hopefully we've seen that. I've been struck reading through this, how relevant it is to the United States of America in 2020. I know my, my brothers at their church at one of our the other churches in our network, Compass HB, they've been um, starting to go through the book of Isaiah together. And even they filmed videos in Washington, D.C., talking about what, what's going on in our nation and looking at the book of Isaiah. Well, today it, it turns ultimately our attention to the future, even just with some verses that we looked at in our sermon, when we talked about Jesus being the light of the world, when he looks to the future and he says, the sun shall no more shall be no more your light by day, nor for bright li- brightness shall the moon give you light, but the Lord will be your everlasting light and your God will be your glory. Your sun shall not go, shall no more go down, nor your moon withdraw itself for the Lord will be your everlasting light and your days of mourning shall be ended. Wow. Talking about a day when literally Jesus will be the light, when he will be the Lord. And when the days of mourning shall be ended, that's the day. Those are the days that we need to be living for we need to be living for that day. And we need to set our sight on that. And that's what God looks at and says, yes, that's what I'm talking about. When his people live by faith and show that their focus is on eternity, not on right here, right now. When they show that our trust is in God and in his promises and in his faithfulness and not in our circumstances. Now, the last passage today, we're going to look at Luke 24 13 through 23, Luke 24, 13 through 33. So yesterday we read of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And today we we start to read this episode on the road to Emmaus, on the road to Emmaus. And um, so what we see is we see two people that were, they weren't one of the 12, but clearly they were somehow connected to Christ and his disciples and they're walking away from Jerusalem to some town that they're still not quite sure where this was, but Emmaus. And so they're walking on this road and Jesus incognito comes up and and joins them. And, uh, It's hard to understand what what Jesus was was thinking from a human level. You're like, oh man, that's got to be kind of cool. Like he knows what's going on, but they don't know. Kind of like when you pull off a surprise with somebody, but God's ways are a lot higher than our ways. So I'm sure it was much better. And uh, Jesus had such a clear purpose in what he is doing, but he kind of plays dumb and he asks them, what are you guys talking about? And then look at how they respond. Verse 18. Then one of them named Cleopas answered him, are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? And Jesus plays dumb again. What things? And, uh, they go on and they explain about Jesus of Nazareth and how he was killed and also how people are now claiming that he is alive. And so just one thing, maybe a nugget to take away something we should learn from this is how open everything was about Jesus. None of this happened in secret. Everybody knew who Jesus was. Everybody knew that he had been crucified and even Very early on, the claims, this is the day that he rose again already, even though they didn't have social media, they didn't have cable news, already the claims of his resurrection are working their way through the grapevine of ancient Israel. And ultimately, one of the reasons we should, a valid evidence of the truth of what we believe is the evidence for the resurrection of Christ. And one of the important things is this was not some secret private thing that people made up later. Clearly right away, this was public conversation. This was a claim that was going all over the Jewish community. And uh, tomorrow we'll get into Jesus actually revealing himself and some really interesting and powerful things that he says here in the gospel of Luke. But for today, let us set our sights on the steadfast love of God and on His faithfulness as we look to the future and ultimately to eternity. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to CompassBible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.